Hey everyone, it's Devin here. Before we get into this week's episode, I just would like to say thank you and shout out to Caitlin who made this happen. This interview was so much fun. Kevin is an amazing person. Everybody listen to this episode. He dropped some real serious gems. So I'm not going to waste too much time. I really want you guys to hear this episode. Look out on all the social media platforms because I am going to be giving some updates on the podcast because I know I've been gone for a while. So just look out for that. There are some things coming to the podcast that I am very excited about and some things that really need to happen. So look forward to that. With that being said, let's get into this week's episode. I hope you enjoy. All right, are you ready to get started, Kevin? Yeah, man. All right, so is it Kevin? Because I know when people start adding different letters and stuff to their names, they might maybe Kevin. It's Kevin. It is Kevin, although I say that begrudgingly, and I don't know if you're getting this truck, but we just started this uh, this chat and there's a truck outside. But um, yeah, no, I I wish it was something more interesting, like (laughs) Kevon or. Uh, you know, like, I don't know if you ever watched Family Matters growing up, but, you know, Urkel would turn into Stefan. He'd be like the school swap guy. <laughs> I like yes. to think, you know, a couple drinks in me, I might turn into Kevon, but it is, it's pronounced Kevin, but, um, I was told it was the Irish spelling, but then I was recently told it's not. So I don't know if that's just like an old family story or what, but, uh, <laughs> my mom, Kevin with an A. My mom is, my mom is so funny because my name is spelled, my name is Devin, but it mm-hmm. legally is spelled with an apostrophe between the E and the V. And okay. so my mom was like, oh, it's French. And I was like, mom, we are nobody's French. Like, there's no, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's French at all. And plus, we are not. So apparently my name is really pronounced Devin. And I'm like, okay. why would you do that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I used to get teased so bad in uh, like grade school for that. And I was like, oh, my, yeah. mom, my mom is just hood. That's what that is. I don't know why, yeah. she, <laughs> why she decided <laughs> to put an apostrophe in Devin. And but it's cool though, you know. It's like so many things that you get made fun of in middle school are now like interesting things about you. So you know, when you know, you can you can bust out the apostrophe, I guess, whenever you see fit. That is so true. As a child, you get bullied for so many things, but as an adult, oh, people are just like, "Oh, that's great. That's amazing. You're different." And I'm just like, "Well, where were you to acknowledge my greatness when I was about ten years old?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We could have used you back then. Exactly. Totally. My my self esteem could have used you. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to the Devin Hour Podcast. My name is Devin, and today we have a very special guest, someone who I've been really looking forward to having on the podcast. This week's special guest is someone who has worked for MTV, the Build Series, Billboard, and more importantly, a New Jersey native. Mm-hmm. Shout out to LinkedIn. Welcome, <laughs> Kevin Kenny, to the Devin Hour Podcast. How are Thanks you? Thanks for having me, Devin. I'm doing well. I love that. I love it. And maybe most importantly, the, at the tail end, a New Jersey native indeed. <laughs> that's the high, that's the point. Like, that's the, the main thing, being a New Jersey that's native. That's what I lead with. That's what I obnoxiously lead most conversations with. <laughs> if you survive Jersey, you can survive anything. Anything you go through over here, once you go into the world, you're set. I, you know what? I mean, I, 
you can you can joke about that because there's a lot of jokes to be said about that. But I also I think it's true. No, it's I think true. At least I grew up in northern New Jersey where you know like it was just so competitive. Sports were competitive. Uh, academics were competitive, and yeah, it really. Um, I think I think also growing up in the shadow of of such a you know media capital of the world that is New York City and yeah and just you know stars like Derek Peter or you know just uh, you know these massive stars that. that play for our local teams or or you know you know mtv being there growing up i think it, it it gives you a lot of confidence that you can really do whatever you want and just also the people too like they will talk first off there is no hospitality let me just let me just make this clear okay people got <laughs> people got a goal people got things to do so if like i said if you can survive here in north in new jersey specifically north jersey you are set for life because whatever challenges may be thrown at you, I think you pretty know pretty much know how to like be even wobble around it. Like you, you know how to operate. You had to adapt here, so you have to adapt in the industry. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean you know, and especially in what I do for a living, I interview a lot of people. Yeah, um, and, and you know, people will ask me what my worst interview was or most awkward interview. But you know, the the, the most uh, difficult rock stars are nothing compared to some you know townies from where I grew up. You know what I mean? I I started. <laughs> I started hosting uh, events at local bars and pubs and things like that. And I would yeah. interrupt people's dinner with my loud microphone, my blaring speakers. <laughs> and, uh, you know, some of those audiences weren't the kindest or warmest because it is New Jersey at the end of the day. Uh, so it really does. It, it toughens you up from a uh, broadcasting perspective, for sure. Exactly. So let me just get this out of the way. We do this thing on the Devon Hour where we talk about um, some new music, I call it. I usually do this on Mondays, but since I didn't do it on Monday, I want to include it on this episode, especially with someone like you who is, who has interviewed many people in the music industry. Mm-hmm. So some songs that have been a standout to me this past week has been Little Mix is Not a Pop Song, which I mm-hmm. found to be a absolute pop. These girls, I'm a stan, okay? I'm a mixer <laughs> through and through, and they are absolutely amazing can't believe that america is not giving them the justice that they deserve <laughs> well we're doing our part over at mtv in, in uh, the united states no mtv has been killing it for little mix i've been seeing like the little mixers in the comments on twitter and they've been really yeah. getting into mtv on y'all so yeah. y'all been doing y'all thing for little mix yeah no it seems like they're in a, in a great place we recently talked to them and uh the new album i think is out next month i believe early uh, november yes and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be a celebration of all they've been through over the past, you know, near decade together, and I'm excited. I, I love the um, the holiday videos. Fantastic. Oh, it's amazing. I literally just rewatched their whole entire season of X Factor, and I just awesome. and, I, and I was like, I can't believe like it's really been almost a decade because uh, they have been like they've been killing it for yeah. all ten years. It's crazy. Um, yeah. speak, speaking of somebody else who's been killing it, Tanache dropped a new song with her brother through Lonnie called Ride a Wave. Um, and awesome. it is fire. fire. She's great. I mean, talk about just like fundamentally somebody who's just so talented and really checks off all the boxes for what makes a great entertainer from, you know, uh, songwriting and singing and, and, yeah. and dancing, of course, you know, dancing number one. Um, yeah, she's fantastic. I mean, I've been a fan of her since two on and, um, you know what song I think doesn't get a lot of love and there's songs like this in the world of pop that I feel like are like underrated gems, if you will, mm-hmm. is uh, All Hands on Deck. 
I don't know if that's like a polarizing pick, but man, and then also the choreo and the video for All Hands on Deck, that is just such a great song. And it's funny how it's such a noisy world we live in now. Sometimes great <laughs> songs don't get the just moment and the just do. And to me, that was a song where I was like, this is just such a smash hit. Maybe in another era, this would have been the biggest song on the planet. But, you know, uh, I love that song with Iggy and, and her. It's fantastic. Yes, Tinashe is going to go down as one of those artists that we reflect on. It was like, yo, she's really a pioneer in her own right. She really like entered, she really like opened the gateway for this alternative R&B sound with like The Weeknd and Frank Ocean. Like she was yeah. a part of that cluster of R&B artists to really um, highlight that sound and really create that sound. So mm -hmm. I think in like 10 years, it's sad it's going to take us to like, later in the future to really reflect on her career but i really think she's going to go down as like a a legend for sure like an influencer of a lot of these artists today shout out to yeah. Tanaka, great artist absolutely now let's talk a little bit about you kevin <laughs> I, I said i said let's talk a little bit about kevin as if this whole episode isn't dedicated to you let's yeah, right. <laughs> so i really want to know like how has it been throughout this crazy time adapting from working from home? Because I've seen that you've been doing a lot of interviews out of your own apartment. Uh, good, mm -hmm. good on you for that because that is, I know that's like a lot of like work to have to work from home when you're so used to like going out to like the studio and like, oh yeah, you know, doing all that. So how has it been adjusting to working from home? Well, it's just been tough in general because, you know, I, I got this apartment. I moved to the apartment I'm in now in like 2018. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, a, it's a studio apartment. I mean, it's one room. You know, there's some offshoots of like, you know, a bathroom, a closet, that sort of thing. But it's really fundamentally one room. And the reason I got such a small place is I was never home before. Yeah. I was bouncing back and forth between, you know, MTV tapes in Times Square. Uh, you mentioned the Build series earlier. That tapes uh, in like the Soho area. And then my radio show that I tape every day. Um, that's down in like Tribeca. So I was bouncing around. I was never, ever, ever home. So I figured, why do I need a big place? I'll get the smallest place I can. And of course, then COVID happens. And not only am I home, but now, you know, MTV, uh, you know, wants to turn it into a studio. And then we were taping multiple shows for MTV here. We have the radio set up and, um, it's been unorthodox, but, you know, at the risk of sounding like I'm, I'm complaining, I'm, I'm just incredibly fortunate to have a job that had the ability to pivot. Um, I was fortunate to have employers that uh, were interested in having me pivot. Um, and so it's been, this year has been um, very, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's just, I feel very lucky and very fortunate to, to still be working and still doing right. furthermore than just working, doing what I love. And, and in many ways, not skipping a beat, you know, um, yeah. of course I, I'm, I don't do the build series anymore uh, as, as I believe they're, you know, maybe on a hiatus of sorts, mm -hmm. but um, you know, MTV didn't miss a beat radio. Of course. I don't think I, I ever missed a show. Um, so it's been interesting. I miss, I, I miss the studio. I really miss the energy of, of, of live entertainment. Um, you know, with the fans and so much of what I do is really rooted in that. And, uh, but it's cool. Like, you know, things like the YouTube live chat, like I was talking to artists this morning, uh, of a group called stones, which are a Japanese group. And, uh, and they were saying how uh, they feel like the YouTube live chat of the Friday live stream show I do for MTV is somewhat like a live audience of a show. And it was a great yeah. point. So uh, whether it's Instagram lives or anything, that's what I miss is just like, you know, sort of like the real life, like in person, you human touch of it all. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's been interesting, but we, we've, we've definitely managed. 
it's going to be so interesting to see what the world is going to be like after all this is kind of said and done. Oh, yeah. If it's ever, if it's ever going to be said and done. Um, yeah. Because there's so many things we took for granted, like working in studio. Also, mm-hmm. I was th- this is this was so random. It popped up in my head today, and I was like, "Damn, concerts are never going to be the same." Like general admission concerts right. are done, festivals right. done. Like, <laughs> and those are all things I enjoy. Yeah. So it's crazy. Yeah, you wonder what it's gonna look like. I think I think as human beings, we have this, um, and we can't help it. You know, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but we always assume that things are going to go back to some other way. You know, I think about, we're talking about music on the, uh, during this chat. And I think about a historical example of like when, uh, you know, file sharing came out, like Napster, Zaw and LimeWire and the record recording industry's uh, instinct was like, Oh, well like we need to shut this down and go back to the CD model. But once something happens in culture, it, it, you can't undo it. It happened, right? It's right. it's inherently like changed, right? Uh, the algorithm has you know pivoted, if you will. You know the timeline is off, and I think that we're probably never going back to the old world of 2019 and before. And I don't mean that in a in a in a, in a uh, pessimistic way. It's just going to be a truly new normal. And I know it's like a buzz term this year, oh the new normal, the new normal. But I think it's going to be a hybrid of sorts. You know, I wonder what things are going to look like. I'd like to think we get to a point you know from a from a uh you know vaccine standpoint or whatever the whatever the solution is you know I'm right, not, I'm, not right. I'm a smart guy but uh you know whatever the solution is i'd like to believe that we can get to a place where you know msg would be filled again but it does i will agree with you it seems it seems so alien and foreign and uh and just so unrealistic now you know having this conversation in october 2020 i, I don't know when it comes back but i hope it does one day Right. I can't even see myself going to a bar properly. Like just be, yeah. being in social groups is still is just now so weird because I spent it's so much so time weird. to myself. So like now being yeah. around other people and now that in the back of my head is is COVID, COVID, COVID. I'm just like, right. I don't know if I could ever really go back to really like doing the things that we were doing. Like when I reflect back, I went to a NAV concert, right? Like last year. Right. Yeah. And it was so jam-packed. And I was like, damn, I don't think I could ever do that ever again. Like, I don't want right. to be close to people yeah, like that ever again. <laughs> the, the COVID in the back of your mind is a great point because it's like even now as, you know, regulations get, uh, you know, uh, loosened or what have you. And, you know, you like, I think, I think New Jersey's at 25% indoor dining now for capacity. And yeah, yeah. Like that, but, but it's like, it's like, to your point, it's still, there's like, an, there, there is a, there's an invisible anxiety to it all because yes. it's like, you can't it's like almost like uh being at somebody's house and like you ever go over somebody's house and uh it's just real clean you know and right, you're just you just like oh man, i'm gonna get something dirty like i can't you know what i mean oh man like you know my shoes are gonna muddy up the rug like you know it's right. like you're, you're hanging out you're doing the thing but you're not really that comfortable and you're I think sticking that's to your little corner <laughs> oh bro totally totally um you know, but uh, versus, you know, being at your buddy's place and it's, it's a mess and I like, you know, and you can do whatever you want. Yeah, they're definitely, it's a little, uh, I don't know, I feel a little uptight. I don't feel comfortable really. You know, not that I'm living in fear or anything like that. I'm taking all the necessary precautions, but right. yeah, it's definitely not the same. There's something a little different. It is. So it is, it is going to be very interesting. But you know what? To everybody listening, make sure that you are taking, pre- taking precautions and taking your damn vitamins that was something yeah. I had to adapt to uh, doing like everyday vitamins. You know, like, like those little Flintstone gummies that you should have been taking as a child. Now I'm literally doing that. And I'm just like, wow. When, did, when did you start doing that during COVID? 
during COVID, like early this year, I was like, oh my gosh, let me start taking these damn vitamins to build up this immune system just in case some shit happens. Yeah. But I feel like, damn, like a lot of the things that we should have been doing, we should have been doing. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Well, dude, that's, I think the biggest thing with this year, right? Is it's like, you know, I'm a big believer in like, uh, what is it? The prayer. Yeah. Yeah of serenity of like focus basically like you know he's focusing on the things you have control over and, and don't think about things you don't and it's like man like you know what a bummer i really think it's like setting in now at least for me of like i don't know like i don't want to say what a waste this year was because a lot of beautiful things happened for me this year and yeah. um i feel like i did mess it but like, i feel like we've been in this perpetual like groundhog day and now that it's getting to like october november december and it's going to be a new calendar year and we're like Whoa, 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 that was 2020. Like that, you know what I mean? Like that's setting in for me in such a funny way where, oh my gosh, like, that was the year. Because <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, at least mentally for me, I'm kind of like, all right, like we'll get over this and then we'll get back to the year. It's like, no, the year happened, you know? It's kind of, yeah. yeah. Crazy, but, and a lot of people uh, think like 2021 is going to be like this restart button. And I'm just like, it's, it's really not, but we could wish for the best. <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, even January 1st, like, feels soon, you know? Like, it yeah. just kind of feels like, I don't know. I mean, now you say tours aren't really coming back or at least getting announced to, like, next fall. So, I don't know, man. It's interesting. Crazy times, crazy times. But luckily yeah. for us as entertainers Definitely. and people who do, like, um, interviews and, you know, podcasts, radio, we're yeah. kind of, like, documenting this time so we could always have, like, these files to reflect back on and be like – damn, what a crazy ass time. And look at how we made this work. <laughs> we could do anything. Yep. God bless the loudmouths, right? Right. <laughs> uh, so I want to really talk about some of your background because I do have a lot of... Yeah. So one of the main reasons why I wanted you on the podcast is because I have been following you for like almost a year now. I saw you cool. on the Build series and I was like, this man is actually very cool. And I really like your Thanks, interview man. style. And when I found out you were from New Jersey, I said, oh, hell yes. This is, yep. <laughs> this is needed for the Devin Hour podcast. So, and a lot of people who are like coming up in the industry listen to this podcast. So definitely hearing, picking your brain and like hearing your perspective is definitely going yeah. to help them. So first, we all know you're from New Jersey. Um, uh -huh. Can you describe little Kevin growing up in, in New Jersey? Little Kevin growing up in New Jersey. Um, well, I think a, a big part about my upbringing, and it's a great question because I, I don't think I've talked to this in an interview, but um, I didn't have, well, we didn't have the internet until like, maybe I was in like third grade. But then when I got the internet in third grade, uh, like I wasn't really allowed to use it other than for school, right? right. And then on top of not having the internet, um, I didn't have video games. I wasn't allowed to have video games. And so I, the reason I bring this up is that um, I lived on in a very old house in a, in a town called Hohokus. The house is no longer there. It was knocked down, but it was like a 300-year-old house. Mm -hmm. And we just lived on this big like plot of land. I think it was like three acres, right? And it was all woods. It was like, you know, there was, so I, I, so I would spend my early days of being a kid growing up in New Jersey, just like outside. And it was kind of funny, like where, you know, when you had a play date at Kev's house, like you knew you weren't going to be playing N64 or PS2. It was like, you guys are going to be like, you know, doing something outside. Um, and at the time I remember like being really annoyed that I couldn't have video games. I didn't have the internet and stuff like that. <laughs> even like when like 
like the internet did come out like i had dial up like all through high school like i was like I, it was like kind of a non-existent thing for me but it, it really um if it, it built a pretty vast uh imagination in me like where i had to really use my head and i really had to you know come up with things and i was a big wrestling fan as a little kid so i would like you know i would like write out wrestling stories and then act them out and film it with my family's video camera and like i would do things like that like very like hands-on like creative things and i think that's where a lot of what i do now of course like front facing is hosting but i produce and i'm developing more shows with mtv now yeah. and yeah. um you know a lot of that is being creative and, and being uh, you know thinking up and uh, using your imagination and so I guess I was a very creative kid uh, in school I would say I was a bit of a troublemaker not, it's not <laughs> that I didn't respect authority I feel like I figured things out really quickly and I remember just like being in middle school and if you're a younger listener listening to this I'm not advising you to do this but um, I just remember being like wait a minute everyone gets into high school so like what like who cares what i get on this test i'm gonna automatically get into high school you know <laughs> so like me and my friends would like cut school all the time like just like like not listen we would like leave gym class and just like go to like burger king you know and uh so i don't know i was probably a bit of a troublemaker but all pretty harmless stuff you know never got in trouble with the law or anything like that but you know i would definitely ditch school a lot and not really listen to my teachers and <laughs> all things i don't i don't uh recommend but yeah and then i was also really into sports i played like every sport underneath the sun and I played football, basketball, baseball, track and field. And, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so I was really into sports. And New Jersey, it's a huge part of the culture, North Jersey. So, yep. yeah, I'd say that's, you know, I, I did always love music. You know, I, I think I was like in a little bit of, a, I was a little delusional about it. I just thought it was like, I didn't realize how big of a part of my life it was. Um, I was so focused on sports. But, you know, I was always like the first kid downloading music on LimeWire. Oh, for it, sure. You know? I was definitely one of those yeah. kids making mixtapes. Like, yeah, dude, the Memorex yeah. CDs and yes, CDs. yes. Mm -hmm. Would were you? Would you describe yourself as one of those kids that used to get talkative on their progress reports? <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, forget about it. I was like the class clown, like eight years running in, in grade school. I mean, I just like, always wanted. Yeah, I just always wanted to make people laugh, and I think that's like one of like something today, like like to this day i just love making people laugh and i love just like having a good time making people feel good i guess is like a better way of putting it but yeah that was definitely me man and all harmless but yeah i was definitely like you know in the principal's office quite a bit yeah it's interesting because i've talked to a couple people who work within media and i feel like we all kind of have like a similar background where yeah. we're just like talkative creative ambitious mm -hmm. um also outsmarting <laughs> adults yeah 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 figuring out things early and we all end up clever. taking the clever taking this track into media and now we're just like well we just want to entertain and just enjoy ourselves like we essentially want to get paid to talk some shit and i appreciate that very much yeah totally so that's interesting yeah i was definitely the same way as a child like just in the principal's office just just because oh, yeah. i was talking and just being smart and it's fine <laughs> yeah no i mean school is boring man like you know it's like usually when, when like people like older people will be like oh you're gonna miss this you know and i, I always be like i don't think i'm gonna miss this this no. is kind of a drag you know i gotta like sit here for eight hours a day and learn about stuff that i don't care about and uh that's one thing i will say if you are a younger person listening right now um i don't i never miss homework i never miss schoolwork i never like you know what i mean it's uh yeah i mean it's crazy how like you or me man it's like it's, it's crazy how none of that applies like testing uh 
homework, none of that applies into the adult world, which I find it no. so funny because <laughs> you go through all that it's stress. Crazy, like, for well, nothing. It's, it's crazy. Like, I would say the number one factor, or one of the top factors of the adult world is like people skills, you know, yes. and understanding people and working with people and how to negotiate and, you know, how to sort of, um, I don't know, like, I don't want to say get what you want, but you know what I mean? Accomplish goals, right? And like, yeah. uh, and they don't teach any of that in school. It's all like, you know, it's like, we all know, you know, who the 16th president of the United States is, but that's never come up in my life. You know what I mean? Um, or you like, you know, calculus or any of that stuff. That was one of my favorite uh, uh, academic accomplishments is I finessed my way out of math after freshman year of high school. So I never had to take math ever again. I could, I would, I, I argued that like woodshop used mathematics and, and then like, uh, and then like, and then like statistics or something like that. It was all like, it was all these arguments I would make. Like, oh, this is kind of like math. Like, how are you gonna tell me that's not math? And then, so that was how I got my uh, requirements. And I transferred colleges a bunch. So it's like everyone who was like, ah, well, and that's kind of like math. And he took this class at this college. And so I haven't taken math since like 14 years old. I hated math. <laughs> LOL. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Crazy. That is so funny. But yeah, it's true. Like they don't teach like people skills in school. I feel like America or like the school system really wants us, it, like it really wants to be an individ individualistic society when in reality it's not like we are all social people. So we should all learn how to have those social skills. Why is that not a, not a class? Like networking is not a class or like, I don't know, interpersonal communication. Like why is that not like a required class in grade school? yeah and just like the things that school rewards are inverse to what life rewards in my opinion because like i yep. went to Ramphill college which is a small school in northern new jersey for anyone who doesn't know yep, and yep. uh i remember like I, I just like never went to class really like i mean i did go to class i shouldn't say that and i love Ramphill college so i don't want to you know make it sound like they gave me a piece of paper <laughs> for nothing but um you know like i was definitely like a kid like end of the semester hey let me do a big project and like you know just so i could pass but the reason i never went to class is i was busy like starting television shows for them like i started a show called two on music i got that syndicated at other college campuses i was doing like press for a trivia company i started you know and i was going around to like different newspapers and doing interviews and and you know or i was uh you know i was i coordinated i remember i coordinated like an ask me anything chat uh with the president of the college where any issues people or students had with you know policy or what have you like this was a live streamed open forum me and the president of the college and so i was doing these very innovative things and to me better suited me and my future than going to class and sitting through like you know history 205 or whatever the hell they made me take um but again like that was looked down upon but yeah. those very those very attributes probably led me to a lot of success in my professional life so I don't know. And then like, you know, the, the, you know, it's, I don't even want to talk bad about rule followers, but I, I'm sure a lot of the rule followers are, you know, do you think, I don't know where that gets you. I, I mean, I don't know where following rules gets you not to go off on a tangent, but it's like, you know, like, I'm not saying like, don't listen to this and go like, you know, break the law. You know? <laughs> that guy from MTV said, you don't have to follow rules. No, but just like, I don't know, man. Like I think Steve Jobs has this great quote about like, you know, like people, uh, teach you at a young age that life is about like you know not uh, like you know following these these uh, these rules and not bouncing into the walls and not like you know denting anything and not scratching anything and yeah. he, he was of a belief like you should you should mess up the room man you should reconfigure it to however you want it to be and I don't know I think that that can go a long way in life 
It can. It definitely can. Because now it's kind of like you stepping outside that box and you putting yourself forward and you being like kind of like forthcoming in a way um, where you're kind of like setting the tone for yourself. That was definitely me at Kane. Like I would definitely not show up to class because I was over there attending to the radio station or not showing up to class because I had to go to a internship interview for Sirius XM or, you know, whatever the case may be. So definitely like you have to, you kind of have to like take control of your own experience you know, not letting, don't let the rules, because I feel like a lot of rules, like, it's kind of like a hindrance when sometimes you just have to take the bull by the horns and just go do your own thing. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, when I say selfish, I don't mean uh, like a lack of empathy or right, compassion right. for your fellow human. And I think that is paramount and number one. But like, yeah, man, like, this is, I think a lot of people, I don't know if it's our generation or what, or like, you know, the desensitization of social media, but like, I think a lot of people treat this as like a dress rehearsal for life, you know, where they go, <laughs> oh, well, you know, because I think when you're young, you're always like, oh, well, when you're older, when I'm older, when I'm finally older, you know, I'm going to do this when I'm older. And then that, that becomes a habit and that becomes like a belief. And, mm. and then you just do that through your twenties or, you know, people might even do that through their thirties. And then they're just like, no, that was life. Like life is happening. You know, it's like, you know, like I, I was pretty adamant at a young age of like, I'm going to live life the way I want to live it like unapologetically. Mm-hmm. And I think it served me well. Cause now I, you know, I'm very fortunate to say that like I get to do like I, every day is a dream for me. I wake up, I do whatever I want. I talk about music. I, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I talk to people on the radio. I talk to people on MTV. I get to interview like, you know, I think that's the coolest thing about my job too. Is like, you know, any music lover will relate to this, but like, you know, I'm so lucky where if I hear a song and I think it's cool, I can just like reach out to that artist and talk to that artist. And, you know, it's like reaching through the proverbial CD, if you will, you know, growing up. And yeah, but I think a lot of that was, I was put in that position to be able to do those things because I, you know, took control as you were saying before and, you know, had a, I think vision's really important too. Yeah. Like having a specific vision for your life and, and uh you know leaving some things up the chance and you know interpretation but like you know i knew exactly what i wanted to do not at an early age but like i would say like by like 20 years old i was like yeah i want to like this i'm going to be a music guy this is what i'm going to do and but i had a very specific vision where i had a radio show and i was on mtv and you know that only takes far you got to figure out how to put the work in but you know it's kind of like i think a vision is like directions you know yeah imagine trying to get to like California just by eyesight alone like if you didn't have you know navigation exactly exactly yes that that's a great look I might just name that the episode title to be honest with you that was great (laughs) be selfish with Kevin (laughs) Kenny (laughs) um so let's talk about some of the work you did you mentioned this trivia game that you did what what is that explain talk to me more about that yeah yeah so basically um when I was in college, I was graduating and I knew I wanted to do this. And I knew that if I got a normal job, I'd probably make some money uh, and I'd probably get comfortable. <laughs> yes. And, you know, I'd be like, oh, that was fun. You remember when I was in college? I want to be one of those TV hosts. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I was like, but I was also a realist. And I think that's important too on your pathway to success or whatever is for you. And um, I was like, I need a job. I need money. 
So I was like, I need to make a job where I can do this. So I noticed that there were trivia nights throughout North Jersey and I'd gone to a couple and I felt like I could probably offer a competitive, if not superior product. And so I went and I uh, just printed out a bunch of one sheets at FedEx Kinko's or FedEx office, whatever it's called and on route 17 in New Jersey, if any New Jersey people are listening and uh, I printed them out and I printed out like a hundred and I would just drive around to local towns. And whenever I saw a bar or restaurants on, I'd go in and I'd say, Hey man, you know, uh, I think I could get some people coming in here uh, once or twice a week. And, and they'd say yes. And uh, that eventually became successful. And I hired other hosts and I had like four or five hosts working for me. And we got like 26 locations in like a couple months. And that was cool. And we launched a karaoke product. But I mean, really the, the, the last thing legacy of that uh, initiative or endeavor of mine was, you know, it afforded me an opportunity to practice my craft and get paid for it, which is, uh, yes. I think what everyone's after early on. Yes, that is so dope. That is crazy. Like it's just finding like that niche and like really expanding on it, which I think is so, that's so smart. <laughs> but also like just like you know i don't know if anyone's listening to this right now and they, they're they, you know maybe they're pursuing something and it's not happening mm-hmm. timing is just something that is so important in life and i don't think enough people talk about it like i was thinking recently like well imagine if i graduated this year you know my gateway into all these jobs that i now have were bars yeah like, there's no bars you know or like you know i happened to be coming out of college when billboard was launching their first ever daily video show and they were looking for a guy like me and I was that guy, right? Like, what if they weren't? What if I was coming out of college now? You know, it's like so much of timing, you know, like I was of a certain age when MTV brought back TRL and they were looking for a guy like me, you know, so mm-hmm. much of, of success is, uh, is timing. So if you're somebody listening right now and you're not getting the results that you want, you know, just, to, it's, it's good to be hard on yourself in a competitive way, but don't be overly hard on yourself and, you know, and, and acknowledge, you know, the forces outside of your control. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yes. Um, so also when I was going through, uh, your Facebook and LinkedIn, shout out to those social, yeah. you put all your business on there, Kevin. I got a, a great amount of information off of there. <laughs> um, so you don't tell my social. Oh, I won't. I try not to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I saw that you went viral on Periscope. What is that? First off, I, I'm very unaware of Periscope. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, viral might be like, I don't know, you know, like, I don't know what viral is. But like, I was I did, I, I managed to build a pretty cool community pretty quickly on this app called Periscope, which is now like folded into Twitter. It's like Twitter video, basically. So when people go live on Twitter, they're technically using Periscope. Um, oh. But Periscope at the time was like a, it's kind of like IG Live, but like, which doesn't sound that exciting. But in 2015, like IG Live was like years off. So like, yeah you could just live stream on your phone and people could comment. It was exactly IG live, but you couldn't go live with anybody. So just imagine the IG live interface and people were commenting and you were live streaming. But I would, um, you know, at, in 2015, all I had were these like trivia shows I would have to do at night. So that's a two hour gig, man. Like what am I doing all day long? Right. Well, I was trying to find a job, but uh, you know, outside of trivia, but in the meantime, I would do this like morning show. And I think something that I, a real big belief of mine is like consistency in terms of like uh, the time of your content. You know, I think like people's, if you can become a part of people's lives um, and you're like a ritual in their life, I think that's really powerful. And like, you know, the Friday live stream that MTV has done that where it's 5 p.m. every Friday, everyone ends the week the same way with us. And, you know, people are typically doing the same thing at the same time every week, you know, in their lives. So if they're available, they're available. But I would do this morning show and I would start my day with all these people. And it was cool. It was like, you know, it's very radio. It's very broadcasting. And I, I think early on, like, I didn't really take to social media because 
I don't know. It just wasn't like an inherent. There's so many things that there's so many capabilities of social now that weren't there in 2014. You know, oh, for sure. Yes. So it's like, you know, it's like, well, how do I figure into this? You know what I mean? I'm not going to take like this like thirst trap picture. And then I don't know what like, you know, I don't know what like, you know, like filter to use. Like Instagram used to be all about filters, you know? Yes. And, uh, and then, you know, like with Twitter, like I wasn't going to like talk crap about somebody, which is kind of what Twitter was and maybe still is to a large extent. It um, is. And yeah. And so, but then like once like Periscope came out and I was like, well, I can, oh, I can talk on here. That's interesting. I can like, you know, I can build an audience through talking and then you know when instagram started allowing videos and ig lives i think that really opened my eyes too and you know of course i'm all over social media now i have a full-time team member that runs my social media with me um but uh yeah that, that time periscope was just it was like the first time i was like whoa this is a form of social media i can use yes that's so smart so smart i'm i'm literally like taking notes as you're talking i'm just like okay i'm, I'm keeping this in i'm keeping this in that's so great so yeah paris i was so completely unaware of periscope i just thought i don't honestly i don't even know what the fuck i thought a periscope was <laughs> <laughs> all right so it was this show called what five songs to add so that wasn't on Periscope. I think like that was around the same time as Periscope. Yeah. But Five Songs to Add was a was a, a show I started in the spare bedroom in my first apartment out of college, and um, I stole my, my mom's camera. Like 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 just straight <laughs> up like it's not even a romantic retelling. Like I like she bought a really nice camera for herself, and I just stole it because I I was like you know what like I need. I just, I, you know, any creative listen to this, you got this burning desire to make it, man. And, you know, you don't, you got low funds at the start. So sometimes you got to, you have to do what you need to do. Yeah. (laughs) You got (laughs) to steal from family members sometimes, man. So uh, I basically stole this camera. I set it up on a tripod and I, I would just talk about five songs that I liked or I thought were worth checking out. And I would post that on Facebook and this is when Facebook video first came out. So like you could actually like get views on Facebook. Now I feel like Facebook's like a wasteland of just like people arguing (laughs) like, political bs and but back then the cat like, videos yeah yeah you got the cat videos and then um back then like 2016 i think i started this or 2015 2016 you know it's like people would comment people would share it and you know it was it was humble but it was the start of something and i'm always a big believer in like you know here's some more advice uh you know if you want to do something like you should do it like you're doing this show right you're doing mm-hmm. the, the Devon hour like i'm sure eventually you'd like to do this on maybe a bigger platform or maybe maybe you wouldn't maybe this is just what you want to do but let's say you do right hypothetically you want to do this on 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 a television network or something to that effect it's like well you know what like if i'm hiring for that job and i have all of this material of you doing this job i'm more likely to hire you because the likelihood that you know how to do the job is higher because you're doing the job and i know that's stupid but i can't tell you how many people hit me up and they're like hey man like how do i get your job (laughs) and i'm like you like my job i was like oh well okay well first of all like pursue this exhaustingly or exhaustively every single day for like five years do that first of all and then but i like you know joking aside i was like maybe start with starting like what are you doing right now like and there's no excuse not to start there's no excuse our if phones have cameras now, bro it's just like <laughs> no one cares about like oh uh, uh well you know uh, i was gonna uh uh like i'll tell a personal story and like you know i've, I've said this to this buddy of mine so i'm not gonna name his name but if he's listening to this like i've already given you this talk dude is like <laughs> this guy wanted to be on the radio and he's like my dreams be on the radio my dreams to be on the radio i'm like cool and i i love i love passion man if you're a passionate guy like I'll, or you know woman whoever um 
you know, like I'll, I'll try to figure out an opportunity for you. If, if I can, if I can tell you like you're actually passionate. Right. <laughs> and so this particular guy was like working really hard for years and years to get on the air in like a major market in New York city. Um, I had my own show in New York city and I was like, come up dude, open door policy. You can help me produce the show, you know? And then, so when we have a full-time producer position, maybe you'll be the guy, you know, two years went by. He came up like one time. You know, uh, I'm not uh, saying it was easy, you know, like, you know, he had a family and he had another job, but it's like, you know, like, dude, I would, I used to do trivia gigs an hour away from my, uh, uh my house just because somebody was willing to pay me a couple hundred bucks. Um, <laughs> but no, so point being is like, he just always had an excuse. Oh, you know, oh, I was taught, oh, you know, there's no excuses. And also not to sound cold, but like no one cares about your excuses. I'm not saying that they're not legitimate and they're not valid, you know, because people live very hard lives and, you know, there's all sorts of BS we got to deal with. And everyone's, you know, I truly believe that everyone's fighting a battle we know nothing about. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, no one cares. Like, like you know what I mean? Like you're either going to, look, you're either going to accomplish your goal or you're not going to accomplish your goal. And I think it's kind of on you to, uh, it's just on you. So I think exactly. um, you just got to start. And that's what five songs to add was about was like, I wanted to get hired by a music company. I needed to, I knew I needed to show them I could do it. And sure enough, it led me to billboard because I was doing this show and somebody from Bramble college that happened to work at the college, wasn't even a professor saw I was doing that. And one day after a shoot, he was a camera operator, you know, not like, you know, not the lowest man on the totem pole, but certainly not the boss. And he, they were like, we need a new music host. Does anyone know anybody? He threw out my name, got the audition. And then, you know, they turned me down four times for other stuff. And then finally Billboard news came along and they gave me that. But if I hadn't done five songs to add, see that, that's what people don't understand. You know, everyone wants to be famous, man. Everyone wants to go viral, but it's like, you put out, like, think about the Devon hour. You put out a clip. Or you just keep putting out clips, yeah. right? And then Somebody's one of those clips, it. like somebody, well, dude, somebody might see it and they're like, oh, shoot, I'm working on something at work right now at, uh, you know, NBC. And uh, we got a new Snapchat show. And I kind of really like, you know, Devin's tone. I like his take. I like his, his vibe. Like, all right, I'm going to DM him. And that's the other great thing is like, right. oh, how's everybody going to find me? You know, like all these, it's all pessimism, right? But basically it's like you put out content, keep putting it out and also be open to like the fact that maybe you're not as good as you think you are, right? Because that's another thing where it's like, you know, he's all, oh, why am I not being discovered? And it's like, there's no conspiracy against you. You know, there's really not, there's really not. And I think that uh, if you are good I, and you, if you're good, you're smart and you work hard, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, if those three things are true, something's going to happen for you. I truly mean that. I didn't know anybody. Dude, I didn't know anybody in this industry. Anybody right, yeah. in this industry, bro. I started at bars, dude. Look, look, literally look at my story, right? It's like, I didn't know how to do it, but I figured taking one step and putting the other foot in front of that one and the one foot in front of that one was like a good first step, right? Yeah. So it's like, all right. And then just keep, you know, so just, I think you should study your field, whatever you do, really study it, become obsessed with it. Make sure you're good and you can work to become good. And then um, just grind. And I just think something is going to happen. There you go. Right, Kevin. So let's talk about TRL. Mm -hmm. You or like I saw this article on NJ.com and it says like from hosting bar trivia to now reviving TRL. What a moment. You really (laughs) you really are a part of TRL. Isn't that crazy? Like that's crazy. Well, I like to say I killed TRL. 
because <gasps> I hosted the last episode of TRL ever. So I put TRL in the grave officially, and I'm very, I buried TRL. I was the undertaker with, uh, with TRL's demise. That's my, uh, that's my pride and joy. No, I mean, I, I say that in jest, of course, but- um, At, at I the top of the resume. Probably, yeah, Kevin Kenny killed TRL. That'd be a good headline <laughs> for it. Southjersey.com wants to write an article, but um, no, uh, yeah, and I mean, I'm, for those that don't know, I'm 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 half kidding. Basically, um, you know, TRL of course ran from '98 to 2008, and then uh, yeah. they revived in 2017. I wasn't part of that, but you know that that didn't do too hot. That was kind of off the air in six weeks, and then they were reimagining the show. They wanted it to be more music focused, and they wanted people that actually knew something about music, and uh, so they found me, and they rebranded the show as Fresh Out Live in 2020 at the top of this year so technically last november at the end of last season i hosted the final trl of all time so um yeah i mean it's just so cool like like you said man it's like i'm a history buff and just that's an iconic american music franchise and you know to think that i drove it in the ground it's it's, it's, (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) (laughs) ridiculous but still iconic moment though. That's like something I would definitely, I would not let that go. Like I was a part no. of TRL. Like I was a part it's of crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Like somebody said to me, like only two people have ever uh, like solely hosted that show. Um, yes. And it was, it was Carson Daly who started that show. And of course has gone on to have a great career and with the voice and NBC and things like that. Yeah. And me, we're the only two people to ever like be the sole host of that show. So you know, I'm not saying I'm Carson Daly by any means, but uh, it is that is a cool little factoid if you want to talk factoid. <laughs> there you go. So now I want to get into like this. Now that we're winding down again to the end of this interview, what are your ultimate goals? Like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Man, I have no idea because I get bored of things very fast. Like, I'll be totally <laughs> honest with you. I'll be totally honest with you. Like, I'm kind of like, I don't know. I don't know if hosting is doing it for me anymore. That's why I'm like kind of aggressively moving into producing and developing. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm starting a band right now called big trash. And, uh, Oh wow. That it started, it started as a joke, big trash. And then the music kind of came out way better than anybody thought, including me. Like I was kind of gotten into like parody songs, you know, like whatever, just joke around. And then like the music, then I, I surrounded myself with some pretty good musicians and then, you know, the music sounded better and better. And then the fans sort of like vibe with it. And, um, so that's really interesting to me. I think uh, that's interesting to see how big that gets or if that has legs post, you know, COVID world and if that's something I can pursue. But, um, you know, I don't know. I don't rule out anything. You know, I think maybe something more in entertainment. Um, I wouldn't rule out public office. I think that's something I like helping people. Um, yeah. Uh, I really like changing, you know, changing communities for the better. I like being a part of a community. I like leading uh people I like working with people those are all things you know that public office you know uh encapsulates and I don't know it's impossible for me to say because I just move I move through things pretty fast and I I need to evolve I crave it you know I can't do the same thing and you know there's some people I work in radio there's people that have been doing radio for like 20 30 years you know and god bless them you know it's awesome there's something to say about that longevity it's just not me I couldn't right I couldn't do the same job for 20 years I, I just I need to, you know, we only get one trip around, uh, you know, 
Actually, I don't know if that's true. I think we get many trips around the sun. Don't we get like 365 per year? Let <laughs> me should explain science to Kevin. No, but like, you know, we only get one bite at the apple. Let's say that, you know, in this yes. lifetime. And I want to, I want to be as many people as I can be. I want to do as many things. I want to see as much stuff and you know, yeah, uh, definitely I've gotten to do some cool stuff. And uh, I just, I want to see how far I can take this, this life, you know? I could see a Kevin Kenny podcast. I could see that happening for sure. Yeah. I yeah, could I could see it. Maybe. If I have time, I got, a, I got a couple jobs going on right now, but if I find the time. <laughs> period. period, exactly. If you're ever looking for a hobby, I think a podcast would be great for you, Kevin. You are, I would say, definitely one of like, one of the greatest like media people out today because you. Thanks, dude. You are so good at what you do. Like when I was watching your interviews, you really like make sure your guests feel comfortable. You make you always answer. You always ask like very interesting questions, fresh questions, not the same old, same old. Um, so you are definitely killing it, and you are truly, truly amazing, Kevin. If I say so myself, Thanks, bro. <laughs> I think instead, I think I think instead of starting my own podcast, I'll just come on the Devin Hour, and you'll just say nice things about me uh, every once in a while. Oh, period. <laughs> there you go. As long as you share it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit. I love it, man. <laughs> well, cool, dude. Thanks for having me. I got to run right now, but uh, I really appreciate you uh, being interested in talking to me and having me on the show. Yes. Thank you, Kevin, so much for coming on to the Devin Hour podcast. It was great talking to you. And I'm going to send you all this information so you could do your thing with this, share it, do whatever. Thank you so much, Kevin. I was going to say, hit me with a link so I can share it. Got you. Thank you so much. Right. Peace, brother. Bye.